Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello! Hello, you looked surprised then when I said we didn't know anything about comedy or game design. Is this news to you, Trevor? It's very, very big news to me. We've just spent yeah. two hours in um, an improv course, so we're ready and raring to go. It's true, and we've just previously been playing video games, so we know all about that too. Uh, no, not really. But what are we doing tonight, Trevor? How are we? How are we getting our prompts for our video game designs? We're still not able to use our random word generator. My lovely Discord bot sitting there going, "I can't talk to the server because the server's not working." Uh, so instead, we're going to what three words and getting some words this week. We've each determined that I'm going to be getting stuff from the Colosseum and Ben is going to be getting um, his words from where he lived in Vancouver. So, yep. So let's do it. Um, if you don't know what, what three words is, it's a system where uh, someone has cut the world into three meter cubes and each one of those are assigned three standard words, like pretty simple words, English words, that um, can pretty much identify where that where that place is anywhere in the world that's it and most people use it for finding things or for telling people where they are we use it for stupid up uh, stupid podcast yay uh, but we are happy for it so trev do you want to choose a spot in the coliseum and tell me what words what prompts you have what three prompts bolts director solids Ah, bolts, director, solids. Okay. Is this, uh, I'm thinking lightning bolts of some kind, like directing lightning bolts, some sort of Zeus simulator, (laughs) untitled Zeus game. That is a very (laughs) different sort of game than what I was immediately thinking. Um, so let's go with yours a little bit, and then I'll tell you what I was thinking, and then we can choose which one we want to we want to look into a little bit more. Sure, I mean I think Untitled Zeus Game might be the pinnacle of my idea, but uh, let's <laughs> <laughs> let's explore it. I mean, I, I, I very much pictured I almost pictured just a stupid flash game where you're like blasting bolts down for some reason from the from mm-hmm. the clouds, but but we could maybe go a little bit further than that. Uh, you know what is this an arm? Is this a a war between like the humans and the gods. We bring in other Greek gods, uh, and and their powers, perhaps, or are they, you know, mm-hmm. Im- imbuing soldiers with their powers? So, is this a sequel to Hades, mm. or in the in the same universe, but it's sort of happening, you know, up on the um, up on the. Up on up on Mount Olympus, the Earth, or Mount, Mount Olympus, or whatever. All the while, Hades is going on down in down in the underworld. Um, this story is going on in. How how does that end up linking up? You just uh, occasionally see Zagreus come up and uh, say hi to his mum. <laughs> say hi to you. Say hi yep. to your mum for me. Yep, and then you know he dies and goes back down, and and you you occasionally. You know, you get you almost get a phone call, so you get to offer a boon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So you're playing right. Of course. So you choose a god. Uh, you've got a whole game going on, and then just to, just every now and then, fucking Zagreus is like, "Yo, Hermes, <laughs> what Hit you me up. what you got for me?" <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, take this!" And oh, you decide not to get, take me this time. You get to select what you want to send down there. Yeah, yeah, you get a little mini game of blasting him, blasting him. Uh, no, I think um, I do kind of like the idea of almost uh, like a real-time strategy or something where you're able to imbue units, like or certain gods give boons then to different units on the battlefield, right? So, like your, mm-hmm. you know, your your main kind of infantry guy levels up enough or whatever that. Okay, now he's he's uh, he's so good that Zeus is giving him giving him the power of yeah, like you know, lightning sword or whatever. That you sort of get these hero characters on your battlefield that um, that the Greek gods have have buffed in some way. 
I so want there to be um, someone references Kratos at one stage and say, oh, no, he, he's off with, like, the Norse gods at the moment. And, you know, sort of... <laughs> Totally, it's true. There are so many games out there with uh, using the, you know, the very copyright-free um, mythologies <laughs> that we could do all sorts of references. Yeah, I don't know. I'm almost, I'm almost picturing a, well, or maybe it's less of a real-time strategy and more of like a, a hack and slash kind of thing, like a Diablo-esque. Cool. I mean, yep. ob- obviously Hades has elements of that, but I'm, I'm thinking more. Uh, more a clickathon like like Diablo, and you're sort of fighting all of the mythical creatures and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That have maybe come to invade Earth. Very, uh, very Percy Jackson. <laughs> okay, so pretty That's sure cool. in a previous episode I, like. I called Peter Jackson. It's like no, it was the one who went to the Greek gods, not the one who directed Lord of the Rings. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what was your idea for for your words? Tell me. Okay, I got. Bolts and Director and Solids. So mm-hmm. I took Bolts and Director and thought, what if this was a VR game in which you played a director mm-hmm. of a Frankenstein movie? <laughs> okay. And and basically you're going through and and as as each scene sort of plays out, you get to sort of get in close and, and sort of get to Call the shots, as it were. Like, if you want them to re- retake something, if you want them to restart a scene, you can sort of get your camera in place and sort of modify some of the lighting and and just. I don't know. I reckon that could be a fun. Did you a lot did, of work? Did you <laughs> did you ever play Lionheads the movies? No. So this was a game where you essentially ran a movie studio from like yep. very early movie technology, and you upgraded and. Did different things, but it had a whole vi- like essentially a movie editor built into it where you could set up all the scenes and you had your specific actors who would get their makeup and that sort of thing. I could see like an updated version of that being pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Obviously in VR. In VR, so you've got yeah, you've got your your shots, you've, you you're controlling the camera. Uh, but then yeah, being able to like edit that all together and like share it online, it's like here's my movie. Uh, could yep. be kind of cool. Um, I kind of like the idea that you can sort of cut down to to make it almost like a silent movie or something like that if you wanted to. Yeah, put in your little uh, cards with your dialogue on them. Totally. You can make it, you know, somewhat... Well, I say CGI, but, you know, obviously everything's <laughs> sort of CGI'd. <laughs> yeah, but you, do, you actually do... Like, you actually have to film it on a green screen and then it gets comped in... Afterwards, so you get like in the early days, if you are sort of going through the technology of it, in the early days, you get like really bad comping, and it's really obvious. Yeah. Okay, um, Ben, what three prompts do you have? All right. So I've clicked uh, approximately where my old apartment was in Vancouver, and my three words are gear, trooper, drilled. Okay, so gear, trooper, and drilled. Mm-hmm. I see this as like you're you're at boot camp, okay. and you're getting drilled on like new gear and all this sort of stuff. Whether you play like the drill sergeant, or whether you play just someone sort of going through boot camp, that I like could, both. <laughs> that could be interesting. Playing with like the morale of these soldiers in different ways and determining how you treat them and, like, play them off each other could be mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, to avoid certain things, maybe let's not set this in, like, the US Army, which is, like, the classic, you know, drill sergeant kind of situation. I think we still take some of those tropes, but let's make it, like, I don't know. If I the Canadian in- Army. Well, I was going to put it in space <laughs> or something um, or make it, like, a different world. The Canadian Space Army. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The CSA. <laughs> the Canadians were the first ones, you know, warmongering as they are, as we all know they are, to to create a space army. And you are, yeah, you essentially, you play the drill sergeant uh, of these new recruits coming through. Okay. So, yep. 
I'm kind of thinking we've got like... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the sort of different gear that you can sort of have in space because obviously you're drilling them on on the new gear that's coming in. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like maybe um, Starship Troopers where they've got like different weapons sort of coming in to beat the bugs? Yeah, and, and I about- think like... I was also sort of thinking Edge of Tomorrow, like the big mech suits that they had and stuff. So they do definitely have to train up in different things. You've got maybe different classes, uh, you know, those who are going to be in the mech suits, those that are going to be just on foot with, with different sorts of weaponry, maybe those who are like firing large, uh, you know, ordinances from a distance. And that you maybe like, you know, you procedurally generate the people who are coming through and they've got different traits and skills. And I mean, this could even maybe be a bit of a kind of a Rimworld sort of thing, where you actually set up the boot camp, like you you you're building out their barracks and the you know uh, firing ranges and uh, the training centers and the tech stuff and whatever, right? You're building out this army base essentially, uh, but it's also it's very much focused around these specific recruits who have come through, and you know they might wash out. They might go on to be stars. They might get killed then uh, as they go off to actually fight in this bug war, I guess. <laughs> uh, do you um, think... So, yeah. I was just going to say, do you think we see the battles or is that literally just like off-screen number crunching? I do like the idea of being able to see the battles and maybe maybe being able to participate in a battle or so. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, the the drill sergeant gets called up. Yeah. Well, it could just be interesting to see them play out. Uh, and maybe you, you're you able to, like, call in air support. Or, like, you've got things you can do during uh, the mission. But you're not essentially... You're not directly controlling them or, or, gui- or directing them. Mm. You're just more... It sort of plays out like a tower defense sort of thing almost at that point. Uh, not not actual talent defense, but just in that way where you've set it up and there's all the things on the battlefield and they're just going to do their thing based on uh, essentially their stats and like how you've trained them and, and what their skills are. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That sounds cool. I don't Good. Much, much, much I'm glad much. we made a cool game that wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd play that. Um, all right. Give me another prompt, Trev. What are your three prompts? Expand sleep's bedroom. <laughs> okay. Expand sleep's bedroom. So, expand. So, yep. E-X-P-A-N-D. Yep. Sleep's bedroom. I was sort of thinking that you could almost play with the, the sort of space that exists within, like, dreams. You know how things kind of get fucked up and when you go to sleep that you know size doesn't really mean anything anymore like okay you can sort of play around with you know a perspective and you walk mm. into a room and you know all all of a sudden things are just blown up much bigger than than what you know them to be yeah so you can sort of spend a little bit of time going through this house and then when you you know go into the bedroom and and you know you sort of uh, the character sits down on the bed, and before you know it, like everything sort of starts twisting in the room. I do like that. Are you thinking a first-person perspective? I was immediately thinking VR again because okay, you know what? What better? What better first-person perspective than my only thing with with like I was sort of just picturing being able to control their view, where like okay, they sit down and then they lie down on the bed, and then you essentially like have them bolt upright. Um, their view and like everything looks normal until yeah like you start getting this dream logic stuff coming in and because because i think there is something there between having it like having a segment in the real world and then having a segment in the dream world and then later on like potentially being able to blur the two uh so the player doesn't necessarily know if they're asleep or not could be cool yeah um, one of the things that I've now pictured, because you said having a separate camera, mm-hmm. I'm picturing following following the person. They sit down, they lay lay down on the bed. The camera sort of goes up over over the bed, and you sort of see see the character. And as they sit up really really fast, you sort of 
you tilt down upside down yep. and you see this whole, you know, totally fucked up area upside down first before it gradually corrects to the right way. Um, are you still third person then or have you like... Yeah, still th- still third person at that stage. Yeah. And then when, when you actually go in, you know, it sort of corrects and goes into the head. Okay, so it does go to first person. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I was thinking if we were keeping it third person that you could potentially then do some some of that dream logic stuff around like feeling like you can't move very fast, like that you're or that you're slowing down as you get towards something. Like you'd have to do it right to not just be fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like um, in first person that would be even more difficult, but at least you just could sort of show the effect a little bit if you're doing it in third person. I mean, one of the worst feelings that I I ever have in dreams is where you're riding a bike and then you try to tell your brain to actually stop the bike, but your feet just keep on going round on the pedals. Like, there's nowhere that you know your brain is comfortable in stopping it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it just keeps it going and going and going. Um, I kind of think of you know Anthony Hawke's pro farthing in the fact that you can't actually <laughs> you can't actually stop. <laughs> Uh, well, there's also, I'd like, I don't know if you've had dreams like this, but like dreams where you get in a fight with someone and you like try to punch them, but you sort of can't make contact or it's, like, it's, or, or it's the weakest punch yes, ever. Yes. That it's like this super weak punch. I feel like there's something there you could play with in, in like you get into combat in your dreams and it looks like you're doing this super big punch and then it just like stops at the last second and just does a little tap or something. Yeah. And it's kind of like going through jello at the end. It's like, yeah. It just slows right down. <laughs> Uh, I think it'd very much have to be narrative based and that these would all sort of be set piece kind of things to, to get enough control over it. Yeah. I feel like there's something there. Do we want to think of an actual setup? Like, is this your Um, own house? What's, what are you being thinking of that then is sort of represented in the dream and, and, and skewed in that way? I think we need to go into the reason why this dream why you're being pulled into this dream world obviously mm-hmm. there's in you know other media there's obviously things like a freddy krueger sort of character and all this sort of stuff a dream demon as such so you're thinking this is an unnatural dream then it's not just yeah i think i think it's something in maybe maybe this is a holiday house that you've gone to okay and it's kind of like something bad has happened in this place and it's just the spirits are talking out through dreams. Okay. That's kind of cool. I do like the idea of it being a new place uh, that that the character's not supposed to know. Yeah. Um, I'm picturing sort of on the beach. Yep. So you go out the back door and it's sort of like it leads straight out into the Right ocean. onto the beach, yeah. Right onto the beach, into the ocean. Um, kind of like, uh, you know, a weekend at Bernie's sort of... Yeah, beach house kind area, of area. Beach house. Um, we can we can go with you know the person that died was Bernie and he's <laughs> pissed off at the. <laughs> or we can just no. I I think like, I feel like this is a bit more serious. Uh, are you there with anyone else though? Is the thing. Um, I kind of like the idea that you're waiting for someone else to come. Okay, you got down there early. You know, uh, it's one of those things that you got off early and. Uh, effectively, the keys were only available to be picked up from the from the real estate agent or whatever, and they were closing at five. So you got down there a little bit early, and they're coming later on because they were on a late shift. So, so you're waiting for just one other person? Do you think? Yeah, you're waiting for your partner or okay or whatever. You you, you know, it's supposed let's to be make a nice it, weekend. Let's do away. it a different. Let's let's make it like uh, either a sibling or a child or something like a grown child. Like, I'm just trying to think of sort of a different relationship that could be in place there um, that you could play with. Maybe a sibling, like a grown, you know, you're both adults, an adult sibling. Uh, I kind of like, yeah, you're waiting for your brother because you're having like a a brother-sister weekend away or whatever um, Mm -hmm. to, to sort of, I don't know, maybe it's a tradition thing or it's the anniversary of like- your parents' death or something. Like, it's some, you know, whether it's a- We could make it a fun thing or we could make it, like, a a somber thing, but uh, yeah. then you both- Well, no, then you- I think you get 
pulled into this dream thing and the 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 brother then is sort of the straight man as it were like you're you know if you try to explain it to them they don't believe you and 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 yeah that that's sort of bouncing that back and forth mhm um okay so what sort of what sort of things are you are you seeing are going to are going to happen in this dreamland that sort of put, takes it aside from like the real world I think like I think the ideas you said with size playing stuff, with scales scale yeah. uh particularly if you do things like you know the the distance between something being further than you expect or you're walking into the kitchen and all of a sudden, you know, the counter's just getting higher and higher and higher. Yeah, or it's just- or scaling it's, up and you're walking in and, you know- And it could, I mean, you could do- You could do some of that, like, some of that braid type stuff where it's based on your movement. Yeah. That could be kind of interesting. Because then you could almost have puzzles. It's like, okay, well, if I, if I move in- And this is like developer speak, but if I move in the X direction, then- you know, the scale of this thing gets larger, but if I move in the, you know, the opposite direction, it gets smaller. So, and I need to reach this if other If I thing. move in the negative X. <laughs> uh, although that may be a bit too puzzly. I'm sort of picturing this more of a, as a narrative sort of thing. Um, I wonder though, there's probably some really interesting stuff you can do with perspective where, because obviously perspective tricks can often break down if you just shift left or right. Yeah, right, if you look at it from the wrong angle. But when you're, when you know where the camera is, you could probably, and and this is me talking out my ass, but I feel like you could probably correct for that in some way so that the illusion is there for longer. Like uh, you know, no matter what you do, and then you only break it down when you essentially want them to. Yeah. So yeah, you're walking down this corridor and. It seems like you're never getting to the end and then you get there and it's actually this tiny door. Like it looked like it was super far away or something. Or it's this giant door and that's what, I don't know, whatever the perspective would be for, for that to, to work. Uh, that could be kind of fun to, to mess with the player in that way. I kind of like the idea of, of having that sort of hallway where you're walking down and all of a sudden it shifts from one sort of location that you were just in into something totally different that mm-hmm. you know literally couldn't exist in in the sort of place oh yeah in. i think you definitely play with the geography of the house and and yeah just take them to new places that um aren't in the house at all mm-hmm. you know they go into the bathroom and suddenly they're on the beach or whatever <laughs> well it's it's certainly one of those things that you know you open the door you you walk in and you know you're just seeing what's in the mirror or whatever, and you turn around and it's like, there's all beach behind you. Yeah. And it's like, there's just a vanity that is just sitting in the middle of nowhere now. Um, yeah, you can definitely do some cool, like, transition sorts of things where, yeah, like, you walk into the bathroom, you you see the beach in the mirror, so the player turns around, suddenly all beach is there, and then, yeah, if they turn back, everything else is gone too, and it's just the vanity there. <laughs> Vanity in the mirror. I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of cool. That really is. I'm just trying to think. Um, do we want to go horror with this, or do we want to just have like a a gone home esque? I feel like, like there weirdness, are weirdness, but yeah, um, a mix between. I feel like there's definitely got to be a little bit of like building tension kind of horror in there. I don't know that you pay it off with like a big jump scare or a big like gore fest or anything like that. I think you keep it um, that as you sort of find out more about what's happening and yeah, like maybe it was that people were killed here or, or like something happened and the person went out and drowned themselves in the ocean or there's some tragedy that's happened here, some event Mm -hmm. and you're essentially finding yeah, you're finding it out through these dreams. And then I think you do have periods where you're like in your waking life and discussing it with your brother and maybe looking for evidence of the things you've seen in your dreams. Uh, perhaps you eventually convince the brother, you know, that it's real. I don't know. Could be cool. cool. I like 
Uh, your turn. My turn. I'll find the approximate spot of my favourite burger place. <laughs> um... <laughs> Vast camper wiping. Okay. So, is this a game where you're away camping then? Yeah, well, I definitely got the sort of classic image of like a camper van out yep. on the edge of like the Grand Canyon or something. Like, Vast gave me like some sort of, or not necessarily the Grand Canyon, but some vista, you know, some big yep. outlook of, of, of nature. And wiping, I mean, obviously, you're looking for toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> And all you can find is poison ivy. Don't wipe with it. It's just a game. It's just a game about documenting all the different things that you attempt to wipe your ass with and the effects that they have. <laughs> Corn chips do not work. <laughs> Don't use Doritos. Don't use <laughs> you know, porous rocks. Although it does exfoliate well. <laughs> Don't use poison ivy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Surprisingly, see- your hand works pretty well. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're Disgusting. near a water, a water source uh, that you're not going to contaminate. I could see I could see a kind of comedy game about wiping your ass <laughs> while camping. Oh, God. Let, let's just go away from that for a second. And right. back, into, back into camping vast and... Wiping, I I sort of thought about, like, whenever I try to go on, uh, go water skiing or anything like that, I would constantly wipe out because sure. I suck at that sort of stuff. So, I kind of like the idea of, you know, a character who constantly fails at the okay. different things that he's trying to do. Uh, so, effectively wiping himself out and, um, you know, is basically trying to trying to do all these things. It's sort of like it's his final uh, final day of, of this of this trip and he said, I need to be able to do, you know, a couple of these things at least once. Alright, so I kind of I'm kind of picturing this situation where you've got this you've just got this area. You're camping, you've got your sort of central spot, that's your camper van. It's maybe on the edge of a on the edge of a lake, big mountains in the background. And you're, yeah, you're this character and you've, you're at the end of this trip the way you were sort of attempted to like find yourself and experience the world and you've just failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And so the, you've basically got like a list of things. Maybe it's a bucket list situation. Yeah. Uh, that you want to do in, and this is the last day to do them. And so the whole game is kind of, I'm sort of picturing like a pulled out, Third person-y kind of side scrolly or like isometric-ish sort of view. And you go around and you're sort of talking to and finding all these interesting characters who are doing different things. One of them's up on the mountain and they're hang gliding. Like one of them's water skiing, one of them's fishing, one of, like they're just doing different things, and you have to find novel, interesting ways to have them help you tick these things off your list. Yep. But like you know, maybe you've got hang gliding on on your list, but you end up not solving that just by like going, "Hey, can I have a turn on your hang glider?" It like happens incidentally somehow when it's like you end up <laughs> do, you're trying to do another thing as like BMX down a mountain, and you go off a cliff and accidentally catch a leaf, like or like a giant branch, and that and 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 hang glide down on that accident. Like I'm sort of picturing that you <laughs> that you solve these things in. When you don't expect it. <laughs> when you're trying to do yeah. other things. Okay, so what are some of the other things that you can be trying to do in this bucket list thing? I kind of like the idea of staying away from things like hunting. Yeah. But maybe like bird watching of some sort. Like, you know, see a particular rare bird in the wild or something. Yeah. <laughs> a penguin. <laughs> 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 and you're just nowhere near anywhere there with your penguins. Exactly. I, I'm just I'm just thinking that you failed up. Like 
you know, you've been looking for for any sort of bird, and you you find like a penguin just waddling along. I was like, what the fuck is going? Well, on? I was almost thinking that I was I was picturing like the way that you end up seeing the rare bird that you want to see is like when you're doing the fishing thing and you completely fuck up the fishing thing, but it ends <laughs> up like flinging a fish up into the air that that bird then comes and catches, and it's like, oh, I can tick that off my list. I've seen the rare flying penguin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, that rare fish, you know, flying fish eating uh, forest penguin. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of a forest penguin. Like. <laughs> but then, like, I f- and I think you cascade those things. So, like, when you are out there looking for the penguin, like, you happen across, I don't know. Something else that trigger, you know, maybe that's when you trip over something and go tumbling down the hill and 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 land on a on a BMX bike and do your BMXing. I, I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm essentially picturing this like Mr. Magoo style situations where every time you wipe out, you end up ticking something else off your list that you didn't intend. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, my next three prompts mm-hmm. are. Slippers, dynamic, manhole. <laughs> now, I don't think we should go with the first option that comes to mind, which is, you know, the sort of typical New York City manhole in the in the street. Okay, I think this is a manhole that's in the ceiling. You know, the like the um like to get up to in the Australia. Attic. We've got all those all those manholes oh. that. That lead up into into, into, the, into the roof. Into the roof. Okay. So, I think this is... I was thinking about it. Um, who were who we talking to about... That's right. It, it was uh, about possums coming into, into the house and all this sort of stuff. It was that um, we were talking to um, a couple of friends from Impro when we mm-hmm. went out for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this... This thought of you know you're sitting down you know you've got you got your slippers on and and you know you're trying to trying to sit down and and read a nice book and there's just like something up in the ceiling and you know it's sort of like that back and forth of of you trying to trying to stop whatever's in the ceiling from like annoying your quiet time. Okay. Now, what's in the ceiling doesn't have to be a doesn't have to be a um a possum or anything like that. It can actually be like some sort of alien being or something like that. Like something. Maybe you never find out what's in the ceiling. Maybe it's just all about the journey of trying to stop whatever is in the ceiling and find what it is, and that and you don't actually like ever reveal it. Yeah, so I'm kind of thinking it's kind of like a gone homey sort of thing where. You know, these sounds can be coming from different places in the house and you you know, you're sort of going to check it out and you see things that are not quite right and all this sort of stuff. You're trying to relax. But Yeah. <laughs> Is it do we expand it a little and so instead of it just being like one thing making sounds <laughs> I don't know if there's even a game in this, but is it just like every time you go to sit down to have this relaxing time, something else happens? That you have yep. to solve. Um, and maybe sometimes it like leads you to something else. You go sit down else, there's then. a knock at the back door and you, you go deal with that. And it's your next door neighbor looking for, you know, a bowl of sugar or something like that. So you, you hand them the bowl of sugar, you go to sit down again and the phone rings. And Yeah, exactly. Or like, oh, the tap's dripping or the, yeah, there's, there's the noise in the ceiling or the cat knocks over, you know, a vase. Different and so things. now you got to clean up. You got to wipe up the water from the ground and all that sort of stuff. I'm seeing this as a VR game, in yeah. which all you're trying to do is like read the paper. The second the paper opens up, <laughs> something happens. It's just the goal is to get to the end of the paper. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of in VR like tracking based on where they're looking of how much you have to like scan the whole paper and yeah. As, as you start going through it, uh, you get these different things happening, and, and it and it won't let you read anymore. 
until you resolve it. But in the meantime, it's telling a story about this person and the neighborhood they live in. And yeah, it's essentially a novel way to tell their story. Ooh, I, I kind of like the idea that they're sitting down to sitting down to read and then there's a car crash outside and then there's a knock at the door saying, help, you got to come help us out. So you're going out outside and you bring your mobile phone along, you, you call, you call the police and like, it's just, you know, sort of little vignettes of, mm-hmm. of stuff that you're doing, but it can, you know, escalate to, you know, emergencies and. Yeah. And I think they end up tying into each other. Like, oh yeah, it could be, okay. The cat knocked over a vase. So you've got to clean that up and then you have to put the cat outside. But then, like, the cat does something or, or, like, nearly gets hit by a car or does get hit by a car. Like, something happens because you put the cat out, essentially. Like, yeah. they, they're sort of cascading onto each other. And, yeah, they could escalate as things go on. You know, because the police came, because there was, you know, an accident, because they swerved to miss your cat. Then, like, the drug dealers next door, <laughs> like, tried to escape and- uh, now they're hiding in your basement. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you essentially like have all these w- ridiculous things happen and get more and more wild. Uh, and all you want to do is sit down and read the fucking paper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my mind went into some pretty horrible ideas and I'm like, yep, I'm not going to mention any of those. <laughs> all right. Keep it to yourself, Trevor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, I like that. Alright. You want my next one? Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Puddles Puffed Trains. Okay. Puddles Puffed Trains. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. When you think of, like, Stargate Atlantis and they had puddle jumpers, right? (laughs) Yep. I like the idea of, like... These trains that run through portals, effectively. That's cool. That's cool. So, whether you're, like, a controller on the network that has to, like, put down put down the different um, portals to, to sort of um, help the trains get from A to B, or whether you're actually, you know, sort of playing an adventure game where you're... You know, I do I do like the idea areas. of either designing or or controlling yeah this this rail system where instead of like switching tracks like they do in a current you know rail system to go in different directions yeah you essentially switch the destination of a portal yeah uh and so yeah if the train goes through there it's going to come out at at a specific portal and you have to make sure that there's not another train coming in the other direction <laughs> <laughs> or if if it is, you know, you can run one portal into another so that they're they're sort of like they're immediately getting switched out to another, another right, track. Right. Yeah. That could be chaotic, but it could be interesting. I'm trying to think of, yeah, if you're if you're designing these tracks, what the implications of that are. Do you just like are portals expensive, so you have to it's it's around like making the best use of them essentially um i think you've only got you've you got a li- you've got a limited amount of portals i just like- is there like a power move for like switching a portal halfway through a train going through it <laughs> so that like half the carriages go one the engine and half the carriages go one way and it's like okay i don't need these last three carriages on this one anymore so i'll switch it over this way and they just like roll to a stop at the station that the portal's connected <laughs> or, <laughs> or they just smash into the wall that the that the portal was originally on so <laughs> those last three th- those oh, last I see. three parts are now Smashed yeah. up and yeah. you can't use that. You can't use that. Um. Well, that could be interesting. Maybe you, you have to have enough power to run your portals. So, yes, you've got a train heading towards it and all of a sudden there's like a power outage and the train just hits a wall. Well, I'm, I'm imagining now that like you, you've, got a, you've got a train that you've got to actually keep out of everyone's way. So, you've just got this long stretch of track. You set a portal at the, at the end and the portal at the start, they're just continually going over the same lot of track. <laughs> it's like Snake. You're literally just like, it's following its tail. It's it's like less than a carriage length away from its own caboose. 
Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, I feel like that would be really fucking difficult it's sort of like, to play. I, but- I think it's like a, a, a puzzle game, kind of like... Yeah. You know, it, it kind of feels almost like a mini Metro sort of thing. Yeah. Instead, you've got, like, it's futuristic, so therefore it's all all about the, the portals and and keeping the train system running. Yeah. No, I, I could see that. That could be fun. Are these, like, is it about then getting, I mean, yeah, presumably it's about getting cargo and passengers to the right place in the shortest yeah. amount of time in the most efficient way. Mean- meanwhile, if you've got a speed situation happening, you can actually. <laughs> Wait, a speed? Did speed ever have a train? Uh, speed three. Was speed three speed a train? On a train. Yeah. Well, was a money three- train. Oh yeah, it could be money train. Or it could be Snowpiercer. Could be Snowpiercer train. <laughs> right. Okay, I suppose I should go. Next, let's find another area. Where the fuck did that just go? Ooh, okay. Talked, outlined, jacuzzi. Talked like T A L K E D. Yes. Okay, not not talked like T O R Q U E D. <laughs> no. Talked, outlined, jacuzzi. Okay. That immediately makes me think of, like, a conversation-based game where you can't see the other person through, like, the steam of the jacuzzi. Yeah. Ooh, I kind of see it as, like... Uh, remember that game that was the um, the first-person text adventure? No. It was done... We saw it at PAX. Um, done by the, the guy... Um, Jesus oh, yeah... Yeah. Like the- and it, mm-hmm. he, he showed us how it all worked in the background with, like, yeah. he basically um, had it all built out in his own engine and it looked really cool. I, I never saw that get released, but I so wanted to play play that because he was going to plan on doing a, vir- a virtual reality version mm-hmm. of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of it being, you know, the steam is all white in front of you. You literally can't see, but you, you sort of, um, you know, you can look around. It's a first person sort of thing. But... All you all you see is like the steam in front, and you can sort of look out to the side and see some other stuff. Yeah, going I, I, on in I this do backyard. like the idea definitely that you you're seeing outlines of things, you're seeing silhouettes. Um, yeah, and if you could do the effect well enough, like yeah, you could have it that oh, I can't make out the details. You've sort of you've you've fogged it to a certain degree, but you can see there you can see the silhouette. Because yeah, I'm sort of just picturing this game where like different people are coming into this. Hot tub at different times. <laughs> How many people do you think are going to be in this hot tub at the end? Oh no! Like- I mean, so I think sometimes they get out. I don't think they're all in there at once. Although maybe, <laughs> maybe you just, especially if it's first person. I like this idea. That you just look around this hot tub. And there's just like ten other people in there. Um, <laughs> no, no. I'm thinking like maybe two or three at a time. But you essentially, you start getting used to their silhouettes, but like some of the silhouettes are ambiguous as to who it is. And so you're sort of, you know, things you've said to a certain person earlier, uh, mm-hmm. you might get that mixed up and that could cause problems. You know, you're sort of figuring out the relationships between these different people based only on their silhouettes, essentially. Um, yeah. and, and the things they say. But yeah, I feel like that could kind of be a fun sort of narrative. Um, okay, so um, why are you the one that's always in the jacuzzi? Uh, I mean, because that's the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's all well and good, but give a narrative reason. reason. <laughs> you just like to really have a good soak. Uh, yep. you're not, you, you've said to yourself that you're not getting out until you're all wrinkly and, uh, you've got a button you can press where you lift your hands up and it tells you your wrinkle not, percentage. Not- <laughs> <laughs> the, the first thing is it's a dare. How long can you, how long can you stay in for? Yeah. I guess let's, what's the situation here? I'm almost picturing at like some sort of motel or something. Ooh, I do like that because then it's sort of all these people that you don't necessarily know. Exactly, and- yeah. I think you're introducing yourself to each of them as they come down. I'm just picturing this, like, 
you know, it can be pretty lo-fi. You know, you, you just you hear a splash and then you look in that direction. And it's like, okay, now there's an outline there. And it's like, oh, who's this person? Like, is it someone I've seen before? Is it someone new? Now, did they realize that you were in there? Like, that's another thing. Some you know, might know. Are there two lovers coming down to the jacuzzi that want to want to jacuzzi? I know that's <laughs> it's a murder mystery. They they, they want to. <laughs> it turns out that you're you're the murderer, and you're just looking for someone to murder. <laughs> well, I'm thinking this is your alibi. You say that you've been in the um in the jacuzzi the entire time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a pair of lovers that you interrupt. They didn't know you were there. Uh, there's like the the man who's being kicked out of his house and has to stay at a motel. Uh, there's the hotel the- manager that who you know is just bored of his work and just wants to relax. And- Definitely, yeah. There's like the mother who's there on a family holiday and who just needs some time away from the rest of her fucking annoying family. Yep. Uh, there's the creepy guy who doesn't even have a room at the motel. Oh, well, that's you. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm picturing sort of in a, in a little bit of a papers please ish or not a not again uh, no not tonight sort of way. Like you maybe sometimes they give you something and you have sort of a little memento from that person that you can then maybe like use in a different dialogue puzzle sort of thing in some way or not, uh, you know. The the old cougar gives you a room key and you can either, you know, maybe you can hand that off to the young stud who's, like, just had a bad time with his fucking frat bros or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that based on different choices that you make in the dialogues, you may or may not have a certain item that you can then, yeah, use use as a dialogue option, essentially. Yeah, basically, if, if you... Um, if you get an item from from someone then you've got their... Uh, that's their gold storyline sort of thing. Complete. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, or, or at least maybe there are certain items that that is the case for. Because I do like the idea that... Yeah, like, if you get the room key from someone because they're coming on to you, you may or may not pass that on to someone else. And if you don't, maybe they come back and, like, are like, hey, like, I expected you to come up. What's going on? Um, that's and then they take it back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that, give it a bit of replayability that you can, you can even have some mutually exclusive sort of storylines and stuff, depending on how you play things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's fun. Yeah, it is. Ben, what three prompts? Oh yeah, I should click somewhere. Um, all right. Awake, waffle, believer. Okay. I'm seeing this as... Fuck, now I'm um, you, you've you've been awoken to the to the reality that um, you know waffles are, are the one true god. It's the waffles versus pancakes thing. Yes. Mm. So is, is, is it this- <laughs> is it in the future? And it's it's all about like the two religions, uh, waffles and pancakes. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. <laughs> It's like that whole society is built around this dichotomy. Yep. Of waffles I mean, and bee pancakes. L- l- let's let's go through the reasons why you choose waffles over pancakes and then you gotta go the other way. Are you do you have a preference? Are you a pancake or a waffle person? Okay, so I have to admit I've only tried waffles once. Wow. I mean they're not I feel like they're not as big here in Australia. No, they're not. I do like a good pancake, but I can see why I would really like a waffle, because you've got all those lovely little cups that can hold that melted ice cream in it. Yep. Yep. In America, it, it's sure it would be more around the syrup, but yes, ice cream also I helps. don't like syrup, and you know that of me, so therefore, I will have an Alice in Wonderland, thank you very much. <laughs> like a pancake Hot chocolate syrup. Yeah. Order. <laughs> Hot chocolate syrup. Vanilla ice cream with sprinkles on top. Give me that. Okay. I am doing a podcast with a seven-year-old. <laughs> it's now no, on I the don't... adults menu. I don't <laughs> to, I'm, not, I'm not trying to shame your choices. That's perfectly valid. 
Um, okay. Yes. Look, I think that for pancakes is very much a texture thing. Like, you know, you, it's very soft and, 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 um, airy. If you've got a good, if good pancake that will just really soak up that, mm-hmm. uh, syrup or whatever you want to put on. Whereas a waffle can be quite dense, can't it? Waffles can be dense, a little bit harder. If you cook them too much, they obviously can be a little bit crunchy. Uh, but. But that's not always a bad thing. That's not always a bad thing. Yeah. That's a different feeling to that. I mean, if, if you're going to have an ice cream cone, then you want a hard waffle because a hard waffle cone is much better than like a soft pancake cone. Like, that soft pancake cone isn't going to hold ice cream for very long. <laughs> Where are you going that they're giving you a choice between a waffle cone or a pancake cone? Um, <laughs> but no, fair point, fair point. Score one for waffles. Uh, so, what are the disciples of these religions called? Um, Flapjacks? Yep. And wafflicans, wafflicans. Okay, yep. yep. Like the the waff, like the the kin of the waffle, wafflekins, or white uh, waffliests. <laughs> <laughs> waffle day adventists. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like wafflekin. I like the wafflekins. Are these? Factions at war, or is it just like they don't like each other, but they have a society where they are? Um, you know, these are the two major religions. Look, I think one of the things that we know from this world that religions don't get along with each other. Like, hmm. e- even even people within the same you know umbrella don't get along with each other. Yeah, well, maybe you find out that, like, it, you realise that these are actually two sects that broke off from the historical, like, uh, batter. Um, I, I so like the idea religion. that you can, you can uh, throughout this, you can actually find out that, you know, at some stage in, in the past, like, 300, 400 years... Because I'm seeing that this is in the future from yeah. here. Um, basically, it all comes from a special that they were having at Pancake Parlor one day, where they they decided to have like waffles um, on the menu. They yep. put them on there for a little while, and then when they took them off the menu, people went apeshit because they loved them so much. And then you had that sort of the people who liked pancakes and the people who liked waffles, and they were sort of at each other's throats. <laughs> I feel like it was based on some fluff piece in the Herald Sun about the situation. Um, oh yeah, there was like a, an apocalypse, and then the only newspaper. Oh my god, this is a horror story. The only newspaper they could find was this issue of the Herald Sun, and they based their entire, uh, you know, religion and lifestyle around it. Yeah. Sorry, I just scared myself. That oh, I, I, yeah. I I, ju- I just thought that. In the wake of, you know, the pancake parlour, you know, sort of stopping all wa- all um, waffles, a new company sprung up called the Waffle Wagon, and they were all about, like, selling waffles out of the back of a wagon. It's a station wagon. Just <laughs> a <the> station wagon. <laughs> pop the boot, mate. Get me a waffle. Uh... No, I do like the idea of a competing company then. The Pancake Parlor and the Waffle Wagon. Uh, and, yeah, it's like they got into this heated marketing war, essentially. Uh, and, and that's what the the new society is based around. So, what's the game, though? Like, is this a third-person shooter with waffle and pancake-based uh, weaponry? Yeah. Waffle I shields. Do like this. Yeah, waffle shields. Um, I mean, what are, what are pancakes good for? I mean, they're just they're floppy. Maybe it's about the toppings as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess Ooh, a, they share a all nice, the toppings, but yeah, I mean, you can pretty much put you know <laughs> ice cream on either one. You can put melted butter on either one. You can yeah, 
Um, yeah, let's click again. <laughs> give me a give me a spot, Trevor. Ooh, okay. Twisty, pimples, bashful. Oh, I immediately think of being a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, I was Being thinking that's shy. like the nickname for them is Twisty. Oh, I was thinking that they call Twisty because they only eat Twisties. Well, that's fine. It's, yeah, spon- that's it's sponsored by Twisties. <laughs> sponsored by Twisties. Uh, man, I haven't had Twisties in a while. Sponsored by Twisties and this kid, yeah, this teenager who is not having a good time. Right? Because getting, they're getting bullied mm-hmm. and it's a beat em up. <laughs> When you discover that chicken twisties give you superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with chicken twisties? Why are they always the last ones left? Because nobody knows. Is it because cheese is so good? just doesn't quite have the same twisty power to it. I don't know. Uh, nah, let's get... You, you go one. <sighs> All right. Youngest fund reporter. <laughs> so if- in my head, I've just got like the the um they're they're in the middle of this murder scene and all this sort of stuff, and um you got this detective who's sort of fronting up to the reporters, and this this young kid sort of steps to the front and goes, "Excuse me, Mister." What's going on here? And he's got like got like his reporter hat on and all this sort of stuff, and he's he's writing something for like the um for like the the school newspaper or something like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> do we take this in a slightly different direction? Is this a Zoomer who has decided to fund their journalism career? Okay. Yep. Via like. I was going to say OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> or like Patreon or something, right? Like, uh, or create a GoFundMe or whatever to essentially- What, like, what are people using now? Kofi. <laughs> Kofi or whatever. Essentially, they're, they're like, college is too expensive because the fucking boomers fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn on the street and- it's essentially like social media, but they're doing like hard hitting reporting, and and so they're getting okay. funded for like their their good cameras and their so leads. Are, are you and- chasing the stories? Yeah, I think so. So so it's almost like a Grand Theft Auto or Hitman style game where stuff is going on in the world, and it's all about what are you listening to the scanner or or are you sort of. Driving along and you see a car chase and you're sort of like, okay, I'm going to follow that. And see well, what- maybe you even have like crowdfunded tips, like people give you tips yep. as part of this as well. Um, Depending of, on of how good your down. stories are, depends on how many fans you well, get. And your, yes, and your follow account. Exactly. It's all about yep. creating a, a social media ready you know feed of hard hitting journalism. Ooh, I, there's something about this that just... Yeah, you know, I I love the idea of s- perpetual worlds that things are things are always happening. You can sort of take on small little things of you know a, a lady gets her purse snatched sort of thing. So you follow that story for a little bit, but then you know while you're doing that, you see some sort of shady deal going down in in like a car park, and you go down mm. there and and you happen to catch you know like a, a you know a Watergate level sort of. All right, here's here's a thing that we haven't done in a little while. Okay. Just despite Warner Brothers and their recent patent of the Nemesis system, <laughs> I think we have procedurally generated s- things that are happening in this world, essentially. Yep. But they come from this hierarchy of criminals and, you know, of different types, white-collar criminals- you know, drug runners, whatever Politicians. else. Yep. All the way down to- <laughs> Yes, exactly. All the way down to, like, your petty crimes and that sort of thing. And so, it does give you the opportunity to, you know, if you track down a petty crime and you report on them, but you, like, didn't get a certain piece of evidence, like, they get off. Now, they've got higher, like- uh, reputation and they, they move up the chain. We did something similar to this. So I'm now realizing with like 
organized crime and the nemesis system. But I feel mm-hmm. like with it from this reporting perspective that we can broaden that out a bit more. I'm I'm getting like there's there's a dark figure that sort of sits off to the side that is sort of like your zodiac sort of killer that he's like yeah he's, he's putting he's putting all these sort of cryptic messages and sending them to you in, via via Kofi or whatever. And <laughs> yes. So this is sort of the story that's going on in the background that you know you're being you're being told to go to a certain place and you got to solve a puzzle to to get further in his story, but then you've got you know all these other sort of uh, random things that can sort well, of happen. Well, I was almost picturing then you've got essentially multiple hierarchies going on that you can that is that are sort of different story paths. So you've got your your organized crime hierarchy, but then you've got your like political corruption hierarchy, and you've got just your I don't know. You've got some smaller ones around the place of just like smuggling in f- fucking f- counterfeit Pokemon cards or whatever, like which might en- <laughs> which might only be like two levels deep. But you know, if if you manage to track down that story, you like complete that chain sort of thing, and you've you've like broken that story. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that this is all procedurally generated in that way. That um, I mean, I think I think a lot of them would be handcrafted in the same way that. The Nemesis system, like they handcraft specific personalities and that sort of thing, uh, yep. but you don't know whether they're going to show up in this run or you know um, where they might show up or, or that, that a particular person is involved in any particular kind I, of story I, hierarchy. I do like the idea of um, you know there being like that serial killer or whatever that is you know pretty much crafted all the way through yeah but um there are certain things that can happen or not happen depending on like random chance so yeah they um, might tie into still other, like a, yeah like maybe you know maybe one out of every 100 runs the the pokemon card counterfeiter is the is the serial killer <laughs> <laughs> so like you track down this you know completely unrelated story and if you dig deep enough you find that oh wait well I find it quite funny that you could almost go a little bit LA confidential with it, with like, um, you know, some corrupt policemen and all this sort of stuff. And that could actually be, you know, a lot of, a lot of fun that you're, you're sort of liaising with the, with the police officers to try and get, you know, some better information on it. But you could also be liaising with, you know, the wrong person in. Yeah. I think it's about finding sources. You know, protect you, you. Certain sources you want to protect, right? But then maybe to get more information, you flip on them to the police and report them because you know, in some other, some other person's going to give you more information. But you need to make sure that, like, nobody finds out that you did that, or you won't be trusted again to get you know to talk to. As a, you know, yeah, nobody will give you information. So, oh, I'm I'm now imagining you know you get your source from you know a low level drug dealer, you know, who was uh, dealing for the mob. And you know he starts getting in big with, with, you know, the mafia or whatever. Well, that, and you're able to. Yeah, well, that's it. You could you could even potentially put things in place that help them get up their particular hierarchy because then which you is get again like the nemesis more... system in in that you've turned these people and you're trying yeah. to get them into higher points and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you can choose to burn them and all this sort of stuff. You know what? Fuck you, Warner Brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I want to see this in a game, right? Like, I feel like I feel like a crime syndicate as we've I, I we've definitely done that once before but in fact you know what you know what one of the brothers should actually do just put it out there with a license and basically say look you can use it i mean i think technically you can license it from them it's just yeah. super don't. expensive and no one and it's more about like no one's going to license the specific system or like the 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 ability to use that, you know, a particular way of doing it. People want to make their own variations on it and stuff. And so it's yeah. just stifling innovation. Anyway, we're not a news podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like that a lot. I, I, I feel like having those different stories, uh, and it doesn't always have to be crime either, right? Like, no, there might be stories that you just follow. You could be doing of, good news stuff. Like, yeah. Like, if you find the right person, they're connected to a story chain that ends up in a fluff piece about a dog that can, like, dance on its hind legs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the idea that you, you interview a, you know, a, a guy whose dog saved a, saved a baby from, you know, another dog attack or something like that. So, you, you're sort of um, it's getting these good news pieces 
that sort of help build your followers because yeah, they're not exactly. always wanting to see doom and gloom. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I really like that idea. Yeah. Uh, that's fun. All right. Well, I think on that note, we will end the episode. That's a perfect place to end. There. If you want to find us online and listen to our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. You can find all of our previous episodes there. Hey, while you're there, shoot us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Do you like the song that plays at the start of the episode and at the end of the episode? That comes from an album called Containment Failure, and it's by uh, by the artist, or by the band, Kuradust. That song is meant to find. It's the last song on the album. Go check yeah. it out. Take a look. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm dreaming. Wake me up, please. Before you go, go. Wake me up. Before you go, go.